0: Hi, I'm Ben Stravins. He's O. Scott. Hi. And we we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch
1: them so you don't have to. I take one. He takes one. And there's one we both watch so you know what to add to your list,
0: or smash with your fist. Greetings, listeners, to our podcast. This is a new year, and, well, it's a new podcast, but not, you know, not new in the sense that we're doing anything different, but this is, bizarrely, with absolutely no pre-planning on our part whatsoever, the first podcast of 2017. And what podcast number is it, Jono?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's number 17.
0: Oh yes, it's oh, almost like fate 17. intervened.
1: I had not noticed that, that is, well, it's, it's yeah, it's full of interest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> full of interest. That's the kind of thing my dad would say. Um, yeah, it's an exciting time, and I mean, this is a weird one, because normally we watch our films and we podcast about them quite soon afterwards, but because of our change of podcast subject, I watch these films ages ago or what seems like ages ago and then yeah I had to slightly re-watch a bit of them so I could remind myself what happened in them because we got all set up to do sequels and then we you know
0: had a did Christmas of- movies instead because it was actually Christmas
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah, I think I think we fun. had a
0: vague plan a faint sort of notion that we could maybe crank out sequels and the Christmas movies in time for Christmas and that ended up just not really being viable <laughs> no <laughs> well, you know, it's good to have dreams. Good to have it dreams. Is.
1: Yes. yes, yes, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's funny. Um, we all going to reach back slightly into memory, but I did a refresher thing too, and it's also I don't know. Maybe this is just me that finds it odd that the first movies we do of a new year is actually sequels. <laughs> There's something almost like slightly post ironic about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that is what we have. We did Christmas movies. We we watched Krampus the Christmas, the Christmas awfulness. And this time round, yeah, we've gone for what could be one of our more exciting forays, I think. Because Signals is... Signals? Sequels (laughs) is is such a pan-genre thing.
1: A pan-genre-y thing, yes, indeed. Yes. It totally is, I know oh, exactly, and, and and it got me. Th- and obviously, you know, the sequel conversation I think slightly outdated in the one that used to happen to us when we were in the eighties. Do you remember in the eighties, everyone used yeah. to say all sequels are rubbish, apart from, well, from and the Godfather only exceptions too. was the Godfather and Star Wars. And I think yes. the thing is that now there genuinely have been quite a few good sequels and trilogies that that no longer really applies. That there are loads of really good sequels out there.
0: The thing I find most perplexing is the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, yeah. Where uh, I just think they have actually got better.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: Which is a really odd, you know, bucking the trend kind of thing. It's almost... I, I can, In some ways, you go, well, of course, because they're better at doing it. But... At the same time, I mean they've you know they've mixed up the director as well, but they, you know I have really enjoyed the last couple of Mission Impossible movies. I thought they were really good. I thought the third one started to dip a bit, and then it kind of went way back up again. It was cool.
1: I've enjoyed them too, and yeah, I, I the first one's grown on me, but I never really loved the first one. So I think I'm kind of. Oh, with I you quite on liked
0: that. it. No, and yeah.
1: it's grown on me enough now that I've sort of tolerated. But certainly at the time, I just thought. But the thing is, I was going to say about sequels is that they're a bit like with certain types of films. They're a bit like Horcrux in that they split the soul (laughs) of the original film. And when you've got a real emotional attachment to a film, um, then if the sequel's rubbish, it can be quite upsetting. I think, you know, as a bit of a fanboy of The Matrix, I really was quite hurt and disappointed by the sequels of The Matrix. Oh,
0: I think that they have ruined it a bit, yes. I agree with you. They've taken away the the sheen that the, the original has.
1: Exactly, and I would say there's almost a backwards kind of collateral damage to the original, as in I still absolutely love the original. I think it's perfect. But some of the scripts and lines of, of the second and third Matrix were so poor that it makes me slightly, like, look at the script in the first Matrix in a different light. You know, there's yeah, and then know there's a line mean. in it, and I kind of go, well, that line is a bit clunky, I suppose. So it actually does have an impact, you know, but that yeah. said, you know, sequels like, I don't know, the Fast and the Furious film, it's just such trashy fun. They can make as many sequels of that as they like, I don't know. I, at I
0: at haven't time. seen anything past the first one, to be honest with you. Oh, and really? I know that, like, lots of people have a lot of, you know, great indulgent fun with the later ones, and there's that whole, mm-hmm. like, massive runway sequence and blah blah yeah, blah, blah, blah yeah, yeah. but i just i haven't i haven't managed to uh have enough free time in my life no, I, don't <laughs> I do have though a box set to go through of thin man sequels which is quite exciting Ooh that yeah that would be quite
1: exciting yeah i've yeah. only seen a couple of those myself but yeah and yeah. fast and furious yeah i'm not i'm not a huge fan as such i've seen about 4 i think but i just i use it as an example of a film where i have no emotional attachment to it so i don't care how many sequels yeah. they make the, the one I'm never going to watch is Ocean's um, 12, because I really like that Ocean's 11 remake, and I'm yes. not going to watch Ocean's Yes, I've
0: seen Ocean's 12, it was pants. Yeah, so I'm never yeah. gonna see it. Never. Yeah, yeah, no, never. absolutely. Absolutely. No. Yeah. So, this time round, yes. we, um, I mean, you trawled Netflix for sequels. There were fewer than you expected i think there?
1: yeah i think it was that thing again where they'd had a bit of a reef a refresh of netflix or whatever happens mm. and suddenly a whole load that i thought were there weren't there anymore but you know that what i was i was quite pleased with the ones we found because as you said they're quite pan genre there was you know, the real difference to them we have as usual thrown in a horror one <laughs> yeah which well, I'm about. of course yes. and um and yeah i'm really pleased that i actually finally got to see the one i saw so so yeah
0: well Thing is, because it's been such a long time between choosing these things and us talking about them, I have literally no idea what your movie is. So I'm I'm gagging to find out, Johnny.
1: Okay, well I'll tell you now, dude. My film, drumroll roll please, was. Death Wish 2. Oh, yes! <laughs> no, well, the reason I was pleased oh, about seeing yeah. this is that, again, back in the 80s, do you remember, like, a kind of the stock joke? When people were making jokes about, I don't know, a film with too many sequels, they'd, talk, they'd use Rocky, Rambo, and they tended to use yeah. Death Wish as well, because by the end of the 80s, it was up to four or five, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And so... And I had seen Death Wish once, and I think I've actually seen Death Wish four, but I
0: can't quite remember. But the point I is, I think I've seen Death Wish four. I don't know why either. Maybe yeah, it was just on TV a lot.
1: Yeah, it must have been. But either way, I'd never seen Death Wish two, so I was I was quite pleased to finally see it because it felt like a bit of a I don't know a cultural touchstone or something. Yeah, although oh, not, yeah. not really that. So. um... I'll just quickly run you through the plot. It's a nice, simple uh, revenge plot, so hopefully this won't take long. But just, I feel like I need to very quickly refresh what happens in Death Wish 1. Um, Death Wish 1974, um, and it's got Charles Bronson in it. And what happens is that he's an architect in New York. His um, wife and gets killed and his daughter traumatised following a sexual assault. And he basically yeah. goes on a rampage, just killing muggers and lowlifes, you know, in general.
0: Yes, yes. This is He's not the world's most convincing architect, is he? No, no,
1: that is certainly true. Um, now, Death Wish—that was directed by Michael Winner—and mm-hmm. Death Wish Two, which came out in 1982, so a full six years later. Sorry, what am I talking about? Eight years later. So, really, quite a long time between the two of them. Um, yeah. Was also directed by Michael Winner, and um, and in this one, it's it, Charles Bronson's character, Paul Kersey, um, has moved on. He's started a new life in Los Angeles. And it's his daughter is still in sort of care. She's catatonic from the experiences of the first film. But he Poor has thing. Yeah, but he has a new life. He's got a girlfriend who's a, a local radio reporter. Anyway, right Usually. at the start of the film, they're having a nice day trip out with his daughter. They're just having some ice cream on a beach, I don't know where, somewhere in Los Angeles. And yeah. um and some tools, some total ball bags and a sort of gang, um, start on, on Bronson and they just sort of end up stealing his wallet. They don't beat him up. They steal his wallet. He gives chase, kind of gets after gets one of them, but doesn't get, doesn't kill him. He just sort of yeah. beats him up a bit. Then the gang, because they realise they have his wallet and his, you know, his um, driver's licence with his home address, think, I know, let's go to his house and, um, you know, continue, um, well, fight, see what's there. What happens to be there is this nice housekeeper. They break in and they rape her. It's a, Right. Yeah. Then he comes back with his daughter. There's a tussle. The housekeeper, at the end, is naked and um, on the other side of this awful ordeal, is killed as she tries to phone for help. She's just sort of hit over the head with a crowbar and killed. Mm-hmm. Bronson is knocked out and the daughter kidnapped. So it's not a good day all round. Um, no.
0: One then... might think that he's quite an unfortunate dude for this uh, to have happened to him again. <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, yeah, don't worry. I'm not going to go into too much more detail because I'm just giving you the sort of the setup for the revenge, if you see what I mean. But so,
0: oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to guess he does go on some sort of rampage. No.
1: Yes. <laughs> 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 so the next thing that happens is that um, Bronson is he wakes up with his girlfriend knocking at the door. They come yeah. in. They discover that you know the housekeeper's actually dead. Then the police come along. Meanwhile, the gang are hiding out in some trashy warehouse or something, and they've still got the daughter. Then there's another rape scene. And wow. The, uh, I know. And then the daughter um, manages to get away from someone, but only gets away to, in her panic, r- jump through a window and then impales herself on some railings below and is killed. Oh, right. Yes. So that's the, that's what happens. There's a, there's a funeral for this daughter. He stops being really helpful to the police, starts going very sort of quiet... Then, basically, he tools up, buys some rubbish clothes, rents a flat in a rubbish part of town and starts sort of living a double life, prowling the streets. But the key moral difference between this and the first film, in the first film, he kills anyone who looks vaguely muggery. In this, right. it's a definite revenge. He's t- he's going after the gang and he gradually
0: the... picks them off one by one. Sounds brilliant. Any questions? <laughs> uh- <laughs> See, I always, I, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful screen presence mm. when he's part of an ensemble cast. Yes. But,
1: okay, God, yes, I agree with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I do find it hard, yeah, for Charles Bronson to carry a movie.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what I, f- I find slightly sad about this film in ways, because I'm not going to quite go yet with my full review. Well, no, no I, I am. I'm going to get in there. So
0: Go on, review its face off.
1: Review its face off. I will. I will violently review this film. So the thing is, okay. Um, I I just talked to uh, you can't talk about this film without talking about the first fifteen minutes which has these two rape scenes in it. Yeah. The second one is actually it, it's not too. The first one, let's just say, is pretty horrible. <coughs> it, it goes on for longer than it needs to. It's uh, okay. it's you know all members of the gang do it. You know it's right. critu- it's fair. It, it's not nice. No, mm-hmm. Not that I'm sort of. Grading rape scenes, but you yeah, know. It's what not I
0: mean? one of your nicer rape scenes no, well. exactly. But it's just it's 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 quite disturbing, yeah. And intentionally it, so, or just because yeah, sort of spending too w- long on it.
1: No, I think intentionally so. Mm-hmm. But 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 there's the way I felt about it afterwards is that like I read loads of the contemporary reviews, I sort of like yeah. you know, going to old like newspapers and stuff. Um, online obviously, I didn't have the collection of old newspapers from 1982 or microfiche, <laughs> and um. <laughs>
0: And this was a really for our younger listeners. should look it up.
1: <laughs> this Before film was really on the internet. This film was really controversial, and um, and then you, you see, it's. In, I recommend doing this. Actually, you can go on YouTube and you can find this. I think it must have been Newsnight on the BBC, a live debate with Michael Winner pitted against a couple of journalists. Who and they read out dreadful reviews of the film, and he sort of defends his position. Actually, Michael Winner comes across quite well, but well, that's surprising. Cause one really of a bit of an arse. I know, I know, but in this particular interview, you kind of, I, I've, I, kind of took to it. I must admit, yeah. but yeah, I, but, but anyway, the the thing that it got me thinking about was that bit of Bill Hicks stand up that he did about. Um, Oh, I don't know whether you know it, but he talks about basic instinct. And he was talking about all the... I won't try and do his stand-up, but he was talking in a really funny way about how all the phony kind of... Was it sexist? Was it whatever? And then he just goes, oh, it's a piece of shit. And, you know, it's a a smokescreen for a film that's not very good. And the thing is that... This film, you know, the rape sequence is awful, but it's it, thinking about that misses the fact that it's just <laughs> a really quite bad, lazy, shoddily put together film. Oh I mean, wow! It's just, it's honestly, it's just that's just a distraction from just how <laughs> rubbish this is in lots of ways. I mean, it's like it's done with so little effort or care. It's really lethargic. It's like you can just hear people going, "Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do." Is that... Was, really? Was that was that a take? You think that was all right? Yeah, it's fine. But you sure? I, I didn't really feel like I put any emotion into that scene at all. No, no, I assure you, it's fine. That's a wrap. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm not building myself up to say how much I hated it, though, because I still quite enjoyed seeing it. Once you get through, though, those first 15 minutes are not fun to watch in any way. But sure. once you're through that, and it's just into sort of, you know, standard, you know...
0: Um, is it sort of quite inventive deaths or is it just. No,
1: no that's the other thing. Not even that. The action sequences oh. are quite forgettable as well. And it's like the quite weak dialogue. I mean, I've, I've remember, like, you know, like we were. There's this bit where. So he's got someone in his gun sight, you know, and he, and, and he says, You believe in Jesus? And this gang member goes, Yes, I do. Well, you're going to meet him. And then shoots him. Just what? Uh, Oh, that's a really pathetically bad line, isn't it? (laughs) And it's just (laughs) yeah. So, but 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 so so all that said, it's definitely it's you know it to me it seems like a really lazy, not good film, um very soap -er ish and TV movie ish. Um, Yeah. But that said, there's still kind of fun. To, to be had because the bad guys, the gang are demented and they're strangely enjoyable to watch because they're all doing their best to like um, you know the famous stories about the Magnificent Seven talking of Charles Bronson, you know where they all mm. like try to sort of basically steal scenes from each other by fiddling yeah. with things in the background it feels like there's loads of that going on they're constantly <laughs> like twirling with batons and knives and fiddling right. with things and like they've got really weird clothes and one of them, because apparently yeah I read that they were given quite a lot of... Um, Freedom to kind of, you know, artistic freedom to do what they yeah. liked, and one of them like shaved his eyebrows and has got this really bizarre haircut, which I think is sort of like, sort of like a reverse Mohican, and apparently he kind of was modelling, modelling himself to look like a snake or something. Right. And I, I don't find him intimidating as such because he just looks really weird, but he was still, I don't know, there's still fun to be had. And oh, and one of the bad guys is um, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, cool. And I don't know if it's his first role, but it's certainly a very early role.
0: Well, um, I mean. I think one of his first roles will be um, Apocalypse Now. Oh, of course. Oh, mm. yeah. God, I always forget he's in that. Good call, dude. Good call. Um,
1: but the best, best, best thing about this film is, is the demented decor and soft furnishings yes i'm serious about it. if you've really got to get to, oh, it's really worth watching just just skip ahead 15 20 minutes so you can avoid the hideous the rape secret is <coughs> but there's this bit when um charles Bronson's round his girlfriend's house and i mm. was absolutely entranced by some of the clobbers she had in the background <laughs> like she, her tv had this weird sort of ivy wig. All around it Right And then in the background There's this kind of Really weird looking Kind of Um bronze gold elephant head against the wall with a kind of flat top which looked like you're supposed to have a vase or vase on top of it but it didn't have a vase or vase and like the sofas were all those really weird kind of really long DFS furniture village kind of club <laughs> it's just I really I think got quite brilliant. I really did quite enjoy looking at all the weird stuff from 82 and similarly as well there were some street scenes and apparently they used loads of extras of people who were actually you know LA locals wandering about yeah. and I kind of found on that strangely street. fascinating as well But in terms of the film, I just was... I thought it would be better than this. Um, Yeah. And... It sounds like...
0: uh, I would have expected it to not be particularly well-made because I don't think Michael... Michael Winner's one of those filmmakers who has become or became sort of uh, renowned and well-known without actually being very good. I've never seen a a bit of Michael Winner filmmaking where I've gone, oh, that's really, really well-made. I just think... He's a bit of a hack, really. He somehow sort of publicised himself to be this uh, sort of well-known British filmmaker.
1: Well, that's exactly the impression this film gives. It's just, it, yeah. just, it just just, doesn't, it, it feels like no one's, they, they, they kind of know that they've probably got a bankable plot here, as it were. And yeah. um, they've just sort of done it with as little effort as possible. Which, like I say, is because that's why I've possibly enjoyed the, the loathsome bad guys in a way because it looked like they were one of the only people putting an effort in and it didn't make me hate Charles Bronson but again it does feel like he is just reading the lines it looks it feels like a kind of first go at a scene and the thing is he's played his girlfriend in this Jill Island it was his real life girlfriend and yet there seems to be no spark between them <laughs> and i'm sure they loved each other very much don't get me wrong but it's just you know you know what i mean it just doesn't yeah. give off
0: Anything. There's no, there's no vibe between. Them.
1: Although interestingly, uh, Great Escape apparently, um, Bronson first met Jill Island because she was married to, um, oh, David, McCullum, you know who plays. Oh really? Um, is it Sed Sed Sedwick? Is that who he plays in the Great Might Escape? Might be. I've, I've got a terrible remember.
0: memory for names in that movie. Yeah, for some reason.
1: but there's a there's a little factoid for you, which I thought is oh, quite nice. interesting. But anyway, excellent. I'm still glad I watched it, and honestly, the decor, really hilarious. But it's not a good film, and um. So I wouldn't really recommend it, but I'm still glad I watched it. So it's a yeah. Sort of, so we're we definitely in the D camp. It's definitely for me. Oh, wow. D minus D, but it didn't inspire me to check out Michael Winner's back catalogue at all.
0: Right. Hmm. Well,
1: let's not do that then. <laughs> although saying that actually I've just remembered just after finishing this I did immediately put on um, Death Wish 3 for a bit which, is, <laughs> which I think is Michael Winner again although I can't actually, I'm not sure about that come to think of it but yeah and I ended up watching half an hour of that
0: so I've really I know flaming goon moonatic. goon I like goon yeah, I um, good. well fine Okay, well, I'll, I'll certainly be giving that a wide berth then. Yeah, dude. apart from maybe a bit of a fast forward to check out the furnishings.
1: I'll, I'll try and I'll tell you what I'll find you, dude, a specific time, and I will let you know about it.
0: That I would be awesome. Touch, can, next, I mean? next podcast we can tell everyone.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. All right. Well, well, moving swiftly on then. I had a, a sort of I guess a related movie in some ways. Um. Although, you know, ostensibly a different different genre. Not a revenge uh, movie, per se, but um, a fighting movie, a martial arts movie.
1: Oh, I've just remembered what I gave you. (laughs) Similarly, I'd completely forgotten.
0: Yes. So Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2, Sword of Destiny.
1: Wow, it's I'm so dum, you got dum, the title dum. right. I know, so I, have <laughs> been it.
0: Especially because it's had a whole bunch of titles. For a while it was no, called it's... The Green Sword, or The Green Destiny, or The Green Danger. Um, but anyway, uh, a, a brief summary. It is um, a number of years post the events of um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I... I want to say 18 years. I'm going to say 18 years. It is 18 years after that. And we sort of, um, Michelle Yeoh is back. Her character's been doing some sort of wandering in the wilderness and chilling. Um, and she's all been a bit sort of, you know, lonely, kung fu lunatic. Um, and she sort of, uh, she comes back and it, and then there's a... <laughs> the lonely
1: to- kung fu lunatic. It's such a good title for a film. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah she 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 sort of comes back and her coming back stirs up a whole it, it, it coincides with a whole bunch of things happening, but also stirs up a whole bunch of things happening to essentially mean that um there ends up being two warring factions, both one of them trying to retain. The, the Green Destiny, which is the the most powerful sword in the in the land,
1: which is in the first film, isn't it? Which yeah. is in the
0: first film, yeah, um, and that's Michelle Yeoh's lot trying to retain that because they basically just sort of kept it revered after Chow Yun Fat like died. Yeah, um, and then the other side of the baddies who are trying to get it, and within that we've got so we've got the older kung fu, um, you know. Practitioners, and then within that are a subset of younger kung fu practitioners who are also teetering on the brink of falling for each other at the same time as hating each other and beating each other to death. Okay. Um, and along this road, you know, you obviously there's going to be a bunch of it's it's a martial arts movie. There's going to be a bunch of fight scenes. There are. Um, you'd think that there. Um, would be some sort of gathering of armies there is um so you know there are there are certain special warriors who come down on michelle yo's side um, and there's also good. a nice bit of what do you call it um fighting uh, 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 yes no a nice bit of mysterious kind of like you know masked warrior types and things like oh, that. oh good that yeah sounds good yeah um so yeah it, but basically it comes down to the iron way which is you know the old school um from Crouching Tiger, that was their their methodology. Oh, versus, was it? Oh, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Versus the other the other um donuts, really. Right. Um and yeah. And there's that's about it really. Oh, I mean, directed by Master Wu Ping. Okay. What so else who, is he directed? Well, it's funny you should ask that. Um apart from anything else, he choreographed Crouching Tiger. Oh, did he? Oh, that's quite cool. And if I'm not very, very mistaken, and I don't think I am, I think he choreographed The Matrix as well. Oh,
1: okay.
0: So they're bringing in The Matrix a bit there, nicely. Yeah, um, nice. Uh But he also directed... See, I'm not the biggest um, authority on martial arts movies, but one no. of the ones I do like very much is Drunken Master.
1: And he directed, and he directed, directed
0: *Drunken Master* oh, as well. Cool.
1: So, I didn't realise he had such a pedigree. Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he's a he's, he's a serious force in the in the world. Yeah. Um. So I was quite excited about this. Apart from that, I loved. You know, I remember going to see the original at the cinema and going, "Wow!" I've been blown away by it. If I saw it twice, maybe three times at the cinema, I think.
1: Do you remember who you saw it with one of those times? Was it you? Yes, it was me. I thought so. <laughs> and just to briefly cut in, I um one of my memories of seeing it with you is we saw it in a cinema in Clapham in London. Yeah. And um, I remember I was sort of about a third of the way through the film, and it's just the quiet bit at the beginning of the film, and I kept on hearing this kind of, this really deep sort of rumbling kind of sound, and I was like, oh, what's that? Is that some kind of amazing score? But it turned out, <laughs> out it, was the, it was the London Underground.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah I but, it. But, but, yeah, it's a beautiful movie. Um, and so, yeah, the, the sequel, I thought, could be quite exciting. To cut a very long story short, it's not. Oh, um, it's really, really, really TV. Uh. Like the thing that made Crouching Tiger so good was, apart from the, like the, it was a martial arts movie, but done with this sort of great overarching love story and this that kind of thing. But also, it was beautiful. Mm. Like it was the series, it looked amazing. This doesn't look amazing. This looks like it's shot on digital video. Uh. Um, and what has happened is that they've sort. It's just. It's just. It's. It's very nuts. It's like a shit photocopy. I don't know. It's very nuts and bolts. It's. 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 I wouldn't even bother recommending it for the fight scenes, quite frankly, because I don't know. Maybe this is. But this is. This might be me. But for, there's way too much wire work, and there's way too much flying through the air to the point where it just becomes a bit silly. Mm. Like I would much rather see two people on the ground, kicking seven bells out of each other. The one person being hauled up on a rope and then sort of standing with one foot on top of a flagpole and then someone else comes, ha, 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 but I can do the same thing onto a roof. And it's just, it ends up like, you know, two weird springy fleas bouncing around each other and (laughs) occasionally their swords touch. There's a ludicrous sequence right at the end where there's people running around the outside of a building. But it's like, it really misses... The actors it had before Michelle Yeoh's fab, but you haven't got Cherry on Fat. You don't have the um, is it Zhang Li? I can't remember her name. The the other girl who was brilliant in it. I've
1: um, her name too. I'm ashamed to say, but yeah, mm. she's great. I agree.
0: Um, uh, you just got you just got some pretty ludicrous set pieces, quite frankly.
1: Oh, I'm really disappointed.
0: Yeah, uh, well, my notes just said opens with ham-fisted narration slash exposition from Michelle Yeoh. and that's part of the problem as well. This wasn't shot in. Um, a Mandarin. It was, this was shot in English. Oh really? As well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, the fights feel a bit like there's there's lots of bad CGI mats. The fight. I've got, a, I've got a note here that says fight feels like a Doritos ad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that's yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, there's, there's like there's two or three enjoyable moments, but really for the length of a movie, I just wouldn't bother.
1: Well, that was my next question because obviously. Um... Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon's got a real epic feel. Yeah. Um, this, and it, this is, is, feel is very this. Epic at but I mean, is it two hours long or whatever, like like Crouching Tiger? Oh,
0: uh, it's about an hour and three quarters. No, it's nowhere near as long as, as, as Crouching Tiger, okay. the original. It's like hour and three quarters. But. Um, which is pretty merciful, actually. Mm. Uh, I mean, look, it's not the worst film I've ever seen. It's just really massive bags of meh.
1: Do you think if you were a bit more. Um, if we were a bit more um, fanboyish geekery about our our fight scene, do you think that people who are into martial arts movies would like this film? Or do you think, in fact, that they'd find it a bit of a meh as well?
0: I think that, well, I I did a bit of, because I don't trust myself as a barometer on this, I did a bit of wider reading. Hmm. And generally, people think it's a bit meh. Oh, really? People who like the martial arts, some people go, oh, great fight sequences, but then people are always going to, say great something about a movie yeah so but the, like your, I think your Rotten tomato scores about nineteen percent on this yeah. it's just it's just a bit nothing and the problem is that maybe it could be an anonymous martial arts movie but you're holding it up next to you know mm-hmm. a phenomenon of a movie that was visually stunning on every level and you just kind of come up with something that is a movie mm-hmm. here it is it's a movie it's got people in it. <laughs> They fly through the sky and occasionally kick each other in the face, and there's a couple of bad gags Like there's a, there's, a, there's some quite likable secondary characters, but then they get killed so it's a bit boring um and yeah it, it has it has a bit too much sort of faux weight to it as well i guess
1: it sounds to me like it's almost it's like when they they do a not they do a TV series of a you know set in the same world yes as a film.
0: exactly that's a brilliant brilliant analogy it is a bit like a TV series version of um the of Crouching Tiger. It's mm. like a, it's like a, it's like a bad long episode of a TV series version of Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. You get 15 stars for that one, Yoan. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: Thank you. And um and uh, just just for interest, you do you still love Crouching Tiger as much as you did when you first saw it?
0: I think so. I haven't seen it. I reckon I haven't seen it in about 5, 6 years. So, yeah. I'd be. I'd love to see it again actually just to give it another watch. Mm. But um Okay, like I, I have nothing but very fond memories for that.
1: Yeah, I'm the same, and I, I've I've ha- I've also had a long gap, and I I yeah. remember really liking it, and um, but yeah, I just remember the music, but as well, I really like. I mean, I mean, generally, I quite like a lot of Ang Lee's films. Um, yeah, I mean, I I genuinely like. I've, I'm always surprised how much *Sense and Sensibility* has become one of my all-time favorite films of the 90s. Just within the 90s, I just think it's wow. practically perfect.
0: Whereas I, I think *Brokeback Mountain's a bit overrated.
1: Oh, well, I've never seen that. That's one of those yeah. films I've never got round to.
0: I just didn't buy the love story that much.
1: No, really? That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I just thought it got a bit like, hey, look, they're gay. There's a hype to it. And you're like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's just not a very good love story. Really? Yeah.
1: You did. Are you saying you sort of didn't buy the chemistry or you just didn't buy Yeah, I buy guess the I just didn't buy
0: the chemistry. I just thought it was a bit too aware of itself and it didn't feel natural to me, I don't know, I guess.
1: Mm. Um, Have you seen The Ice Storm? Yeah. Yeah. That's good, although I find yes. it really disturbing. It's,
0: it's not very nice. but it's, no, yeah. No, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: It's not, I've only watched it a couple of times because it's not the yeah, kind of yeah. film I want to re-watch. But anyway, yeah, sorry, anyway, we're, we're sidetracking ourselves. This
0: movie had nothing... to This movie could not be further from Ang Lee. So, I'm going to say you could watch it for... No, you can't. Just don't bother watching it. It's a D-minus. It's pretty oh. flat and meh.
1: Oh, dude. Now, I, I for one, am rather disappointed that we have had two D-minuses now in this podcast, and I'm really hoping that our third film can pull this out of the bag for us, or whatever. Well, one is. of the
0: things that's going to help us with that one is that you've actually seen the third <laughs> film, so you might have an idea of whether it's going to pull it out of the bag, though. Although, like other films, we don't know what each other thinks. Of
1: exactly, so I, I, I really hope you like it, because, um, yeah, I well, just hope you do. Tell
0: me one thing I like about it. Yeah, is it's, it's got, just like Death Wish 2, it's got a 2 in the title. I, I do like it when a sequel just has a 2. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. What is I, it, Jono?
1: It's called Night of the Demons 2. Yes, it is. Nothing to yeah.
0: do with Night of the Demon,
1: which is that um, absolutely fantastic... Film, but yes, <laughs> he ended lamely. <laughs> Night of the Demons 2. And I think the original yes. Night of the Demons came out in the 80s, did it? Or was it late, early, very early 90s?
0: I don't know. I think it was late 80s. Mm, I, I, could, was. I could be wrong, but I think it was 80 90. Um, yeah, have you seen the original? No. Mm-hmm. I have a long way back in the past, but not to the point where I can remember it very well. Although it is, you know, it, it, spa- it spawned a little mini-franchise. You had Night of the Champions 2, Night of the Champions 3. And um, in the sort of horror pantheon, the main character, the main... Um, I mean, it, you know, it came out at the tail end of the time when we were getting Freddy, Jason, mm. you know, the, 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 these um, things based around one particular evil um, spirit, as it were. And it was quite not- notable for spawning one of the first or the first big female um, recurring evil spirit character.
1: Oh, cool. I didn't know that. That is interesting stuff, dude.
0: There you go, a bit of um bit of horror lore for you.
1: That's cool. Well shall I yeah. I mean shall we shall I break out a bit of the plot? So yeah, break, yeah. Break, B- bust break. out the plot. Go yeah. go plot crazy. <laughs> okay, it's Night of the Demons two, as we said. Uh, it's from nineteen ninety four. Um and do do definitely do Which is ju- funny. Do jump in <coughs> if you have any plot things because yeah. I've seen this recently, rewatched a bit of it, but basically I've got a slightly blah, blah, about the plot. So yeah. I don't think, just to say straight away, I don't think you do need to see the first one to enjoy this film because, or to to watch this film because I didn't no. see the first one and it all makes perfect sense in its own. It's made, it
0: makes it itself abundantly clear yeah. what while it's following on from.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Basically, most of the action in the first third takes place in a sort of... um, It's a sort of Catholic boarding school for, like, troubled kids, isn't it? I think
0: so, yes. Not
1: Not troubled kids, but kids from... They definitely say kids with slightly, you know, their parents have yes. sent them there on purpose. It's not like an ordinary Catholic boarding school.
0: No, no, no. Uh, but, but bizarrely, they do seem to take both sexes, although they do split them up into <laughs> dormitories, but yeah. yes.
1: Yes, it's a yeah, mixed boarding school. And it's all set um, on the days, well, a couple of days or a day leading up to their Halloween party. Yes. And now, the the ev- I haven't seen the first film, but the events of the first film have become local mythology. There's a haunted house called Hull House... Yep. and in the previous film, a girl had a party there, and demons came along. Demons and occurred. Demons occurred, and she ended up. Um, all loads of dead bodies were found, but her body was never found. Yes. So, so now that they think, you know, she's now the devil's best mate or whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: so that sounds like a brilliant movie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the, the devil's, devil's best, best, mate. best mate? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Anyway, you find out from the, the kids in this film that her the parents of this girl have committed suicide and her sister, her younger sister, Melissa, mm-hmm. nicknamed Mouse, yeah. is is now a school is now at this school. Yeah. And she's frequently plagued by like nightmares about her sister. And you see one quite near the beginning which is a little bit freaky. And and generally, then the the, the 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 plot happens that like as the, as they're getting ready for the Halloween disco, the main stars I'll tell you more about it in a second kind of split off and instead decide to go to Hull House, the haunted house. Yeah. Well, it's it's all this there's this kind of um, she's an Asian prov- an Asian provocateur isn't she this uh, Shirley the slightly yes. bullying slightly vampish character.
0: Vampish is exactly what she is. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, well, she she sort of instigates with um with an outside sort of an outside boy yeah yeah um getting them all to go and have their own private party at the haunted house
1: yeah with this with mouse in tow um, yes who they but, sort of
0: trick into coming
1: yeah there are about six or seven of them aren't there that go to this house and then yeah. you've got so the first third is just sort of build up then there's another third that's in the haunted house or so then they end up leaving the haunted house and i don't want to go on too much more about plop but Basically, there's a rather silly device involving one of them taking a piece of lipstick. Well, not a piece of lipstick, a lipstick. A thing. lipstick,
0: which then thing. allows the demons to. Oh, this <laughs> isn't really a spoiler because as soon as you, it, it, there's nothing in this movie which you're going to go, oh, there's the twist. So you know, you know exactly what you're getting. Knight of the Demons Two does exactly what it says on the tin, right yeah. there. But yeah, one of them removes the lipstick from that place, and that that enables the demon to travel back with them to their. Um, to their boarding uh, house disco.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And then we have Yeah, frankly, lots of demonic fun. And the Demonic demon-
0: fun ensues, yes.
1: And the demons when they appear, they're quite um evil deady and quite They are
0: uh, quite evil deady. They have um, they have very sort of uh distinctively bad teeth.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're quite demonsy as well. You know the f- the film Demons. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah, quite yeah. like those
0: ones as yeah, well. They are. Um, they're a good i i I don't know whether this movie sits on the kind of um slight pastiche uh fence or not because 94 is actually genre wise a little bit late for this you know so they are definitely making i think they're definitely knowingly making a genre pick kind of thing yeah. They're not. It, it it isn't quite of its time because if you think about, I mean, that's this is sort of train spotting era and stuff. It's, it's you know.
1: Yeah. So when would Scream have come out? Was that 96? 95, ninety six? Ninety six 96, 96
0: sounds about right. It was yeah. just yeah. So we're just before everything gets postmodern.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that that was, one of the things about watching this was I was interested is that it felt like I was watching a film from nineteen eighty eight, say. <laughs> well, that's well, yeah, that's that, what I mean. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I was agreeing, and and then you realize, God, this is ninety four. It's quite late. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put my my cards on the table. Cards on the table time. I really enjoyed this.
0: So did I. I had great fun watching. <laughs> oh yeah, this. it was brilliant.
1: I was <laughs> oh, so pleased after two D minuses. Yeah. Oh I, no
0: no no. We've we've struck some gold.
1: here. <laughs> <approach>. <laughs> Solid gold, isn't it? And, and yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh good 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 good. Okay, well Look, we have got
0: vampy. You've got vampy possessed people. You've got um, whole demonic possession sequences happening to death metal.
1: Yeah, and oh yeah, got... the soundtrack's hilarious. Yeah, the soundtrack is hilarious.
0: I think, Like as the party, this is point where as this party gets more raucous, like the, the crazy cool hip kids come down and put a boombox on, which inexplicably starts to play hair metal. Then, <laughs> yeah. and then as the demons take control of the party, they switch it to death metal, <laughs> and that's just awesome. Um, and there's just some really bad fake dancing to metal.
1: Oh yeah, the fake dancing's hilarious. I was going to mention that. And um, one thing, I oh, just straight away this film got on on, on the the right track for me, in yeah. you know, a good, in a funny way, was some um, Okay, so the very first thing you see is um a couple of I think they're supposed to be sort of evangelical born again Christians or whatever. Yes. Oh gosh, I completely
0: forgot about how it opened. Yes. Yes. They go, yes, they go yes. to the door
1: of Hull House and then get you know they get knifed by a demonic character kind of thing, yeah. and then it's the opening credits you know, that's the shock opening, opening credits and the very first thing you see of life in this Catholic boarding school yes. are these two <laughs> gurning dudes with binoculars looking through, it, like it you know, looking in the girls dormitories at loads of girls which are fully shown, wandering around in just their undercrackers well, or sometimes think. not even undercrackers no, not even undercrackers, yeah there's full Cause, on because people
0: do that <laughs> and girls <laughs> no, Girls remi- are always walking around with each other completely naked. But exactly, and, it reminded- and leaving the curtains open while they do it.
1: Yeah, no, it reminded me of that bit. You know, in um, oh road trip. When, yes. When, when the kind of they, they they break the fourth wall, it kind of stops and it goes. But women don't do that, you know. No one, yeah. But yeah, this film completely ignores that and just shows women happily wandering around in that way.
0: Yeah. No, it felt a bit like it was, we were sort of at the beginning of Porky's or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or it actually, happens at the beginning of the the film version of Fame as well. It's a bit. Oh. When,
0: yeah. Anyway, and there's always that there's that classic sequence in Animal House as well. Oh,
1: of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And in Revenge of the Nerds as well. It yeah. happens
0: all the time. So it's, it's very much a genre staple. It, it's very yeah. yeah, and these guys are, you know, douches.
1: Yeah, they're really, they're but I think really quite likeable. There's something about them. <laughs> they're such gurning turds, and they've got really funny, annoying grins
0: and stuff. They do but, have really annoying grins and really annoying names as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, we were going to write, we talked about having best line, worst line. It wasn't so much... Yeah. It wasn't so much worst line or best line. It was just there was a bit when these same two guys that we're talking about, mm. there's a bit when one of them goes, whoa, speaking of lunch. whoa, check out those headlights. Yes. <laughs> that's something that could really brighten my day. Yeah. And then the other one agrees and goes <laughs> something like, that's what I call a double trouble. And it's just yes. it's, it's ridiculous. And no, again, it what sounds are you so 80s. About? That's
0: when they're watching these two girls play tennis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then that that's just before in ways the thing that really locked me into loving this film is so these two douches are checking out this girl with big breasts and commenting on those big breasts yeah and then one of them challenges the other one to try and try it on with the girl with the big breasts yeah so he says words along the lines of watch and learn kind of thing and um and he throws a basketball at her which she really bizarrely catches between her knees and then, and then holds it there for ages. I don't know whether you ever held a basketball between your knees for any length of time, but it's not a good look. You just <laughs> look a bit of a moron. And then there's this kind of supposed seduction thing with her looking vampish and sultry while this basketball's between her knees. Yes.
0: It's really She's funny. Got a, she's, she's, she's someone I thought I'd seen. She's been in a bunch of other movies, but she's got one of those really like, she's got a very evil dead kind of face, even when yeah. she's... Looking like a normal person.
1: She's called it's, Zoe Trilling, and yeah, and she it looked like she kind of went through a bit of a purple patch of work-wise, but hasn't you know hasn't gone on to stay on in the since, business kind of thing. And um, yeah, but I you know, there great. is
0: one, there is one particularly famous person.
1: Uh, sister Gloria?
0: No, well, sure she is rather well known, but yeah. um, we actually we haven't even talked about Sister Gloria.
1: Yeah, I was going to say this is key, but anyway, go on. But, Who's yes. the person?
0: Um, Christine Taylor from The Wedding Singer married yes. to um, uh, Zoolander
1: okay yes 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 An and, and, Indian... and yes she's great in this yeah she's one of the yeah. sort of buddies she's a main part she's in all the sort of scary scenes and very yeah. good another reason why I think I took to this movie straight away I mean this must have been the year before she did The Wedding Singer isn't it I mean that must have been 95 because it, it was 10 years on it? Yeah. from 1985 wasn't it yeah yeah. but no she's great in this and um, yeah.
0: oh, no, no one's bad in this but Sister Gloria
1: Okay, yeah. Let's get to her. So the head of the school. There are two heads of the school. There's a man um, priest, and yes. there's the the the, the nun, um, very old-fashioned nun called Sister Gloria, played by Jennifer Rhodes, who's been in yes. loads of things. But I don't really know what to mention in terms of her most famous thing. But
0: no, neither do I. But you'll just recognise. You'll know you her would, face. Yeah. yeah.
1: And she, and she is fantastic. She Sister is. Gloria. She she
0: started off, and I was unsure. Mm. And as the movie goes on, she is just absolutely the coolest thing. Yeah in the picture by a really long way. She's fan-bloody awesome.
1: So she plays this really uptight um, disciplinarian, although in ways she turns out to be not as uptight as you think she is. So she walks around with this massive long ruler that she always uses to sort of keep yes. teens apart and stuff. But then towards the end, you know, she's she becomes a a holy water-toting, you ass
0: know, ass-kicking hu- ass kicking cool, yeah.
1: cool dude. servant of God. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> There is a very brilliantly bizarre moment where she doesn't get decapitated, which, which is one of the oddest things I've seen. It is awesome. There is that, 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 actually that is one thing that I was slightly because we we kick off with um those the two god squatters getting killed yeah um and then there's a great. Bit of the uh, of mouse having a nightmare where her face gets eaten off, and I thought we were in for a massive gore fest. Yeah, and it was a bit less of a gore fest night than I than the the opening had led me to believe. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some there's some fun. Yeah, but actually, it was much less um, gore tastic than I thought it was going to be. It was much. I know more... what you mean,
1: but I, I think it actually gets it about right though, because I thought there was quite. Yeah. A, I thought it was quite good quality gore for its type. You know, certainly better than some, yeah. and but it didn't totally overuse it. But you're right. It you it, I agree. When it was at the beginning, I said, like, "Oh wow, this is going to be. This is going to be. Yeah, this could be it's right. Um But it was. Um,
0: yeah, it's definitely very Evil Dead influenced yes
1: and as well there's a yeah because there's even bits with when she starts becoming the kick-ass sister of whatever there they do those kind of you know like the ash tooling up with the yeah. um you know yes. with the, the shots yeah going yeah, in yeah when Absolutely. she's getting ready with oh, the rosaries and everything that's the one
0: shot of her filling a holy water bomb a holy water bomb is <laughs> awesome which is like a, a a badly kind of like inked cross on the side of it <laughs> yeah. it's fantastic that's when you that's that's that one shot when you go they're really having fun with this aren't they yeah um and there's, I mean, there's there's some great tropes in that. I love it. There's there's a bit when um you know it's that classic bit. Very you know other thing, it has a Nightmare on Elm Street vibe to it as well. I think mm. in some mm. ways in that in the house. But you know, there's a point when classically they all the our protagonists get separated.
1: Yeah. And it,
0: it's one of those things that I love is when so our we we come back to one of the guys he has been locked alone in this room, and we hear a sound off camera, and he's sort of come to and he's. Hearing this sound, and we follow him to the sound, and then you know that even though it sounds like an innocuous sound, and then this this point it's like a bouncing ball, you know that actually it's going. That's that the the, sort of the the subtleness and the innocuity of it is going to lead us into a great bit of uh, a great horror moment, and it does. And it's it's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I th- I I just think, I think it's it's it's, it's just a really good horror comedy. You yeah, know, it completely definitely, it, agree. It, I can't quite remember when, but it definitely made me laugh out loud. Sometimes that's yeah. it, but sometimes with it. And I definitely, I didn't know the first. I don't think you need to see the first. In fact, by no. all by the accounts I've read, most people who are fans of the films do think this is the best one, or uh, certainly think it is better than the first. So, and that as well, the first doesn't seem to be on UK Netflix, does it? So, no. So for that's so another that's another good reason to just go with do this not. one. Yeah. Um, well, but
0: there are so many good reasons to go with this one because it's yeah it is a crackingly good fun watch. You don't even have to be a horror fan if you're a horror fan, you'll get a lot out of it you'll you'll recognize the genre you're, you're in you'll you know it, it, it it's a really great comfortable place to be that's that has fun with where it is, but even if you're not like it's it's just a fun movie, you
1: yeah know? yeah, I totally agree and for, so I mean are we ready to go to our 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 grading what do you think yeah
0: i mean we're 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 definitely in B territory.
1: Yeah, totally, totally agree. I was going to go sort of B-minus just because I feel like I've got to leave X, ex- you know, for the real classics, but that, there, there's loads of love in my B-minus.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, I can live that's with a B-minus B- B, really. on that. Yeah, it's halfway between a B-minus and a B, but... You know. oh,
1: I'd go with that, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep, 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 absolutely yep. great fun. I, it, was, it was worth watching Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon 2, the Sword <laughs> of boredom, <laughs> to get to Knight of the Demons 2 and go, oh, you know what, that's a great sequel. I'm really glad you liked it. Oh, you know, awesome.
1: I do like it when we disagree, oh. but when I was watching this and getting so, I thought I was pretty confident you would like it, yes. but I was also really hoping you would, just because I was so, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh. And as well, I've watched it, I basically watched bits of this three times and was enjoying it just as much, you know. Yeah, I no, I I, I, I kind of
0: I watched it, Well, I'm going to have to show this to my wife because she will love it. <laughs> yeah. oh, dear. So that, that'll be on Netflix at home quite soon.
1: Brian Trenchard Smith. That's the director. We haven't mentioned yes. him yet. Who seems no. to be an Australian director who really churns it out is the general picture I get. He did,
0: um, he's done a whole bunch of other, like, um, uh, horror sequels. He did, like, oh, i tell you what he did. He did the original BMX Bandit.
1: Did he? Oh, wow, <laughs> that's cool. That's I think cool.
0: you'll find he directed yeah. BMX Bandits.
1: Well, like I could say, he's Australian, so I think, so that makes yeah. sense. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, is. he did a fab
0: job. He did a fab job. Two thumbs up to Brian Trenchard Smith. If I yeah. meet you, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> if you're listening, that'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows him, just yeah. just just put him towards the podcast and uh, and tell him we're big fans. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, that's a nice way to wrap up the um wrap up the first pod of 2017.
1: Yeah, I feel good about it. And um Now we come to the thorny subject of what we're going to do next time. Because it's your turn to choose genre.
0: Well, I do have a UGG. Ah, yes. We do have a user-generated genre, which I am quite happy to go with.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Because of my experiences this time (laughs) round. Because um, Jamie has asked if we would please do some martial arts movies. Okay. You know, I'm willing to throw myself into the, into the what do you call it with this one, to the mix of this one, because I reckon, because there are, if I can find something comparable to Drunken Master, I'll be a really happy person. And I reckon there's, there's quite a lot on there. I've had well, there's a, a
1: Jackie Chan film on at the moment there called um, The Legend of the Drunken Master.
0: Which I think is probably
1: a sequel or something.
0: Yeah, or something like that. Um, but I reckon we I can find just three corkers. And yeah. I've already got rid of the boring one by watching it for sequels. <laughs> yeah okay
1: i'm happy with that i mean i'm like you we're both quite similar with with regards to these as in i do i think i i I like them but i've never been a fool i don't know much about them i've seen some of the classics. neither of us would
0: call ourselves aficionados no definitely not but uh i think it's a genre that we might as well do because you know there's a lot out there and it could be a whole bunch of fun and we are nothing but faithful to our listeners and their requests and desires
1: Apart from Paul, who asked for that one about... What was it?
0: Um, post-apocalyptic... No. It wasn't dystopian post-apocalyptic. Thing.
1: Dystopian ones. We've not done dystopian. What about no. poor old Paul?
0: Well, we can do poor old Paul next time. <laughs> that sounds we're slightly far- threatening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do him next time. No, we'll, at, at that point, we were at quite a cataclysmic point in world history, so we, we've... Um, we we've yeah. can veer away from that now. We can we can hit dystopia after that, but next, next time round, it will be... Martial arts movies, some kung fu fighting. Awesome. I'm looking now, forward to it. Me too. If you want to get in touch, if you have, um, if you've seen Night of the Demons or Night of the Demons Three, and have anything to add to that one, if you've got something else you'd like to suggest that we watch or something you'd like to suggest we do, just get in touch. It's really easy. All you have to do is pick up a keyboard <laughs> and uh, <laughs> tap in those little tippy tappies at We Watch Anything on Twitter. It's always always a good place to get us. Um, we watch anything at Facebook or just email us. We watch anything at gmail.com. Any of those electronic measures, we would love to hear from you and hear what you've got to say.
1: Maybe you've got something to tell us about.
0: What what's that? What's that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> just oh, get in please. touch.
0: Seriously. Yeah, we we're, do. We're, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. We're thirsty help. for contact. We need help. <laughs> if
1: only need. to help us with the end. <laughs>
0: Oh, you're an idiot yeah. right it would be great to hear from you I hope you uh, I hope you're still enjoying the podcasts. we'll be back in your ears in a couple of weeks I've got to go away on a work trip so we'll see how and when we can do it but hopefully it'll only be a couple of weeks um, and we'll be talking Come martial through. arts movies yeah
1: awesome alright see you soon guys thanks bye. for listening bye bye